The Zevol podcast is a casual conversation that occasionally delves into mature subjects and may contain vulgar adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Zeval Podcast. Taping this on a Sunday night, uh, last weekend of July. It's been about a month uh, since we've been on. Uh, obviously, as all of you guys have seen, lots of stuff has gone down in the NBA from free agency to crazy trades uh, to whole big shakeup, lots of injuries as well at the end of the season that have created this new landscape in the NBA and a wide open landscape. So we're going to get all into all that stuff in this podcast, and I got two people joining me today. First, uh, I have here in Southern California joining me in uh, the LA area, Rebound. What up, Rebound? How you doing? What's up, Zebo? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Doing well. It's good to be back after a month. And then also joining us from San Diego, California. I haven't heard from him in a year on the podcast. Uh, we have Jay. What up, Jay? How you doing? Good man, just doing my thing. All right, all right, for sure. So uh, since I got two Laker fans with me tonight, uh, and this is kind of the move that kind of started everything back, I think, in mid June, or kind of the, like the third weekend in June, the Lakers trading for Anthony Davis. We'll start with you, Jay. What was your initial reaction to the Anthony Davis trade? Were you happy? Kind of mixed feelings. What What were you thinking when it went down? Well, I was ecstatic, man. You know. Um just getting a superstar, uh, like a top five NBA player right now, I think, when healthy. I was ecstatic, man. You know, Lakers always get the stars for the most part. So, I, mean, I felt like they definitely give up, a, give up a ton, man. It was a historic trade. They gave up quite a bit. And I was pretty high on Brendan Ingram. I thought he had very all-star, superstar potential. But, I mean, with in the bronze stage of his career right now, yeah, I mean, you got to get a star. You can't wait for these, like, young and kids to develop when you're going to be retired by then. So I was super happy, though. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I was, I mean, going into the trade, I mean, uh, there's a lot of speculation that it was going definitely going to happen. So it wasn't that much of a surprise. But obviously, after seeing kind of how the trade played out, it couldn't be completed until July 6th. And the Lakers had to kind of do a lot of other stuff to kind of uh, – save some of their cap space so rebound we'll we'll move on to you now being a laker fan as well so lebron anthony davis pairing uh any worries from last year's lebron lebron's most injury injury riddled season that this could be possibly be a disaster trading for anthony davis well i'll start off by saying this i'm fucking thrilled we got anthony davis uh they did give up a lot but when you gotta do it you gotta do it because they've been Wanting to trade for Paul George, they didn't do that. Then they were been wanting to trade for Kawhi, they didn't do that. We'll get to to that later. And then they finally made the move. I mean, they gave up a lot. I felt they should have kept Lonzo because they gave the fourth pick. But uh, it's still worth it. And as Jay mentioned, LeBron's coming to the end of his career. He doesn't have that many miles left. So they had to make this move. Okay, Jay, another thing about LeBron... uh 
He missed uh, 27 games last season, the most in his career by far. Uh, any uh, kind of worry with him with going forward? He's going to be 35 at the end of December. Uh, Anthony Davis, throughout his entire career, has always had these little knick-knack injuries. Uh, any, what's kind of the limit that the Lakers are going to set uh, on their games, their minutes? What, what, how do you think that kind of, they kind of manage that and play that out throughout the entire season? I mean, as far as LeBron, you definitely got to manage his minutes, you know, like, you got to manage it just for the playoffs, keep him fresh. There's no point of really going extremely hard throughout the whole season, especially since his age and miles. But, you know, I'm I'm not too concerned about his injury. I, I would say it's bad luck. You know, he's one of the NBA players that really keeps his body, LeBron, uh, he keeps in, like, great shape. I think that was just one of those, you know, I guess those fluke injuries, I guess you can say, but I uh, definitely got managers minutes though. I think even dating back to when he got to Miami, right? Or did he pretty much go all out there? Or I feel like they start managing his minutes as well. Uh, I think that was kind of where he, where he was at his peak, and it didn't really matter how the amount of minutes he was playing. And then, but I mean, yeah, I think definitely he he needs to have. I mean. Just going into the playoffs, he needs to be because I think going into this season at some point he's going to have the third most minutes played in NBA history when you combine playoffs and regular season. And then obviously a little plus going into this season is that he doesn't have the extra two months on top of the the regular season. He's uh, obviously that he had the eight consecutive seasons prior because he went to he always made a deep finals run with, with whatever team he was on with Cleveland and Miami. So. That's a plus, but I think a lot of people are really worried. Kind of just I see around NBA circles that, uh, and they're very they're like doubting LeBron. I think in in terms of his durability, and I think he's the most durable player in NBA history. So, oh, definitely. I think it's going to be interesting to see. So I mean, I yeah, think my my more worry I think with uh, the injury is with Anthony Davis because uh, I don't know. I've obviously he's been durable. In recent season, I think he played seventy plus games last season. So, hopefully that that will continue. And I think LeBron will help in that as well, taking kind of a load off and as well, and kind of giving Anthony Davis easier buckets. So, any any worries with Anthony Davis that he's just gonna have a major injury, anything like that? What do you think? I mean, I would hope not, you know. But you know, based on like you said, the past couple of seasons. Um, I think, you know, last season they shut him down early. He got hurt a little bit, but I think they kind of just shut him down for his trade value. But the previous season, I think he got, like, over 70 games, I think. But, you know, like you said, I think with LeBron there, he's going to help with his uh, easy buckets. So he can, you know, Anthony Davis actually has, like, another superstar to, like, help out. So I think he'll be fine. But, like, you, you make a great point, man. I mean, this is probably the first time since, what, LeBron's rookie year where he actually had, like, a summer off? Yeah, I mean, it's probably since, like, I think 08 when they lost to the Celtics in the semifinals. So yeah. I think after, pretty much since then, he's either been in the conference finals or, or the finals, I think, pretty much for the, for the most part, other than probably 2010. 2010, they lost in the conference semis as well, right? So. Yeah, you know, I think, I don't know if you saw, you read uh, on the ESPN article, but there was this thing where, you know, named the top players in the NBA. Yeah, I think number one was, and who was number one? Number one might have probably been Giannis or 
Kawhi it had to have been Kawhi, right? Or? Well, uh, yeah, Kawhi number one, Giannis number two, number three, James Harden. LeBron got no votes for best player. I think LeBron is going to have like a revenge season. You know, everyone wrote him off. Or a lot of people write him off, but you know he has a lot of rest. And I think he's going to be ready to go, more motivated with Anthony Davis. I think LeBron's going to have a, like a big season. Yeah, I mean that that'd be great to see. I mean, I hope so too uh, that he comes out and just goes uh, consistent throughout and has kind of a revenge kind of season because obviously I, he still had good numbers last season, but uh, a lot of people are just uh, kind of uh, doubting him and stuff and kind of questioning the how last season played out. I mean, it was just a disaster pretty much throughout. They never really built any continuity, rhythm, or anything other than maybe a month or so. What heading into his injury and then after that it just went all downhill from there but we'll go uh next question to rebound uh so obviously they kind of filled out their roster with kind of the limited cap space in my opinion i think they filled it out pretty well i mean they might have overpaid a few guys but they did a pretty good job considering kind of the situation they were in giving up all those draft picks uh, having kind of the limited cap space cap space excuse me of 30 to 40 million so rebound how do you think they filled it out and is are those good uh, complimentary pieces to davis and lebron yeah they filled it out really great after getting fucking screwed on Kawhi. and just going back to jay's point uh, i agree uh lebron is gonna have a fucking amazing season every not a single person voted him uh one of the best players in the league that's disrespectful to lebron he had a quote-unquote off year with tw- averaging 28-7-7, and which is just disrespectful. And LeBron's going to come out. But yeah, Danny Green was a good signing. They definitely overpaid him. He's worth about $10 million, but it's all about supply and demand. There wasn't much supply left, so he's worth that two years, $30 million. The only signing I did not approve of was signing KCP, Caldwell Pope, which for... I think one year, $9 million or something like that. That was just dumb. I really liked the DeMarcus Cousins signing. I was very thrilled that they signed Avery Bradley. That's going to be a very good pickup on defense because we all know LeBron can't play much D now, so that's, he'll, he'll be he'll help on defense. And uh, uh, another one I like was Quinn Cook as the backup point guard, brought Rondo back. They have a stacked squad. I mean, it's going to be a fun season. Okay, yeah, going into kind of the defensive stuff, obviously I think the plan is for LeBron to kind of be the the focal, focal point, uh, main ball handler, point guard. So I guess with that, I mean, which guy, I mean, is kind of guarding that kind of uh, lethal load of point guards that are in the West? I mean, with Jamal Murray, Stephen Curry, Lillard, Harden... I mean, Russell Westbrook. So what what do you think, Jay? I mean, wh- where are they turning to kind of uh, limit those guys in kind of key situations when they face those teams? Man, <laughs> I, uh, that's tough, man. You know, like in the West, like every night, every other night, you're like facing a superstar point guard. Or definitely the names you mentioned. But, I mean, you look at it, okay, you know, Rajon Rondo, he's a little older, but I think he's always been a good defensive player, great leadership. Um, I mean, Avery Bradley, I thought he was pretty decent, like, role player as well, but, I mean, can they really card him? I guess if he could stay healthy, he's not that old as well, but, I mean, that's the one thing for sure, 
uh, Lakers are lacking, I think, just a, a solid defensive point guard. So I guess you know, you can only gain so much, you know, you gotta give up a little. Yeah, I mean, those guys are gonna have to be Danny Green and Avery Bradley, and right and. Then, in order for that that to work, those guys are going to have to hit up, hit spot up threes at a pretty good rate, right? Because I, you would imagine they're going to have they're going to be getting excellent looks with uh, Davis and LeBron running a lot of pick and roll action and stuff. So it's kind of got to be a little like Kyle Korver ish the way they hit threes and stuff. Uh, Danny Green, would you would you agree or not? Yeah, well, for sure. Yeah, with, yeah, Danny Green. You can be definitely that Kyle Korver. I mean, this is a LeBron team that. Like, I think he thrives in, you know, he's a primary ball handler. You got some shooters out there, you got some good wings out there. Now he has, like, another superstar, Anthony Davis. But you can make the argument, he's probably the most talented teammate LeBron has ever had in his career. Even better than Wade, I believe. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely more talented than than Wade. I mean, uh, I think Dwayne Wade is probably one of the 20, 25 best players ever. But uh, Davis' ceiling, uh, if he can be durable and healthy is definitely much higher than uh, Dwayne Wade's for sure interesting though I'm not sure if you guys know but um, when Kobe and Dwight teamed up they were the same age 34 and 34 and 26 and 26 so hopefully it doesn't end like the same way as that but <laughs> we'll see man yeah a lot of people were saying that what Jay said and I, I don't think it's going to end like that because uh, I'm, I'm a bigger Kobe fan than LeBron but I think LeBron is better than Kobe overall, and he's more durable, and he's more of a team player. And this team, overall, the bench is more stacked because that's how teams are. Yeah, I mean, with LeBron, I mean, it's interesting to see. It'll be interesting to just see how he because every every time LeBron has kind of a newish type team, it's there's an adjustment period. We've all we've always seen that back in even at, when he was at the height of his powers in Miami. Uh, back when he went to Cleveland, back to, back to Cleveland in '14, and then even last season, we saw that for the first couple weeks, they blew a lot of stupid games in the last cu- last couple minutes. Uh, they lost a lot of close games, and then maybe from like mid November up until his injury, they got it going, and they were right there within some of the top teams in the Western Conference. And then after that, like I said, just all downhill. So we'll see what happens there, but. With LeBron, and going back to what you said, Jay, he obviously thrives with these three-pointers, shooters spread around, and then he he can attack the paint with pick-and-roll action, and then that's something they're going to kind of have to replicate uh, what they did in 2012-2013 in Miami. They're going to kind of have to replicate that re- this season with the Lakers. LeBron and Davis running pick-and-roll action, going to the rim, and then shooters like Danny Green, Avery Bradley, some other guys, Kyle Kuzma, Quinn Cook, kind of on on the sidelines and they're going to have to hit a spot of threes at a good rate in order for that to work like it did with Miami in 2013 with Battier, Ray Allen, uh, some of those other guys as well, Mario Chalmers, Norris Cole, stuff, guys like that. So it's going to have to be a similar type model, but the only the big difference is LeBron has no interest it seems like some t- at some points defensively. Uh, hopefully he can kind of save his body and kind of pick up interest in the important playoff type games, like kind of like he did in sixteen and seventeen when they were facing off against the Warriors that had deep playoff runs as well. So, I guess kind of with that being said, do you guys have any more thoughts to add on the Lakers to in regards to what's co- going on the coaching situation or anything like that? What do you guys think? We'll start with you, Jay. 
Uh, as far as coaching, I think they did. I think they're solid. Frank Vogel. I, I like their pickups for uh, assistant coaches and things like that. But honestly, I think like Lakers got bashed last year for the team they built around LeBron. But like you said, like before he got hurt, that Christmas game. Well, I think it was Christmas, right? Against the Warriors, and they, you know, he got hurt. They still won, but they were like I think fourth seed and hitting their stride, even with the team with almost no shooters but then now you got this team which I think is a lot more talented a lot more shooters and I think they're going to honestly uh, I mean my hope is they go all the way I mean they definitely have the roster to do it so expecting big things out of Lakers this year okay yeah, yeah. even Steve Kerr has been quoted as saying that uh when the Lakers played them on Christmas uh they looked like to him uh one of the best teams in the league when at that point so Obviously, we'll never know because uh, a lot of stuff will happen after that. But rebound, uh, what do you think about kind of the coaching situation? A lot of people have kind of just speculated that uh, Jason Kidd at some point is going to boot Frank Vogel out of town or Frank LeBron's going to call for his job at some point. He's going to wake up in a bad mood one morning and uh, make a big fuss and get him, get him out of town. What do you think? No, that's not going to happen. LeBron's more towards the end of his career. He did do that to David Blatt, but... That's not going to happen this time. Jason Kidd will be there, and Lionel Hollins is there. So, yeah, I really like the coaching staff, and it's not going to happen this time. Okay. All right. We'll say our piece with the Lakers until we reach the uh, NBA over under uh, over unders podcast. So, we'll move across the hall to the other team in LA, the little brother, as a lot of people like to call them, the Los Angeles Clippers, who made a gigantic type splash <laughs> on a night, uh, on, a, on a weekend where everyone wanted to relax and go on vacation. They signed a Kawhi Leonard and then shortly afterwards traded a plethora of picks for Paul George. So, Jay, uh, we'll start with you. Kind of uh, walk us through kind of your thoughts at that point. What what had already been a crazy uh, offseason, what you were thinking at that point when you saw Kawhi Leonard sign and then the trade for Paul George? Oh, man, I just thought, dude, this summer was so crazy. This is definitely one for the record books with all the movement. Uh, but I remember my brother texting me, just, you know, they got Clippers got PG and Kawhi. I was so pissed. I was like, you know, leading up to it, you hear all these, you hear Jalen Rose say, like, 99% he's going back to Toronto. Chris Broussard saying he's going to the Lakers. At no point I even thought, like, I didn't hear anything about Paul George be, even being available. But, you know, they kept it very, like, hush-hush. And, yeah, I mean, Kawhi is the ultimate uh, chess master, man. He played everyone for a fool. <laughs> he yeah, played... You know what's funny about Kawhi, man? All the stuff you hear. I'm not sure if you heard, like, you're basically uh, asking for ransoms from what, like, people, reporters were saying, right? The man, all these lists, long list of demands. But if, if LeBron ever did that, oh my God, he'd get crucified. But, you know, quite, quite. Yeah, LeBron, LeBron, I've said many times before, is judged on a different uh, different scale. Uh, so, I mean, uh, LeBron is held to a higher standard, I think. I think it's the reasoning is because he's always compared to Jordan and kind of being one of the three, four best players ever. So, he's always held to a much higher standard and he's always picked and prodded a lot more than other players are and that's just how it is it might not be fair but that's just how it is but man uh, Clippers you know they got 
arguably like the two best like you know um what do you call it like you know um uh, you know, offensive and defensive players, man. This is the two-way players. You got like arguably the two best two-way players in the NBA right now. So, uh, defensively, man, they're gonna be legit. I think with Patrick Beverly. Yeah, I think defensively, I think they're definitely the best team in the West, starting five wise, and then they might be the best in the entire NBA or very close to Philadelphia. So I mean, because I mean, you go starting lineup for them, it's gonna be. It's going to be Beverly, Shamit, Kawhi, Paul George, and Montrez Harrell, or, or Zubak. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty good from a defensive standpoint. But I guess the one issue, I, obviously, Paul George, I think, has um, some kind of issues going on with both shoulders. I think uh, he has a, a labrum issue in the left shoulder, I believe, and he, he had some surgery on it, so... It will. It remains to be seen how many games he's going to miss to start the season. So we'll kind of see what happens with that. But rebound. What's? Uh, we'll, we'll turn to you now. What, what were your thoughts basically when you first heard about Kawhi? I think I, I received the news from you. Rebound that Kawhi was heading to the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, Kawhi was the first player to do this and like wait legit, legitimately wait until after the season ended to make his decision on this and all so many different reports after like the first two days I'm like forget this shit I'm not gonna follow any reports until the full report breaks out where he signs because like Jay said Chris Broussard said he's going to Lakers then Jalen Rose who has no freaking credibility everyone was telling me Jalen Rose 99% he's going back to Toronto which I thought he was gonna do that because I don't really see a Finals MVP leaving their team. But yeah, and then the Paul George trade. Holy shit, man. I really don't know what to say about that. I mean, I'll say this. The Clippers gave up more than they should have. But it was worth it for them because they got Paul George and Kawhi. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. That's pretty much what everyone's saying. A lot of people are saying that the mindset for the Clippers was that they had to get Paul George to bring in order to bring Kawhi. So in in essence, for them, they were trading all that stuff that they sent off with SGA, Gilgis Alexander, Gallo, and all those picks. In essence, they were trading all that stuff for Kawhi and Paul George, not just Paul George like it like it was on paper. So that's definitely a good point. But obviously, with the Clippers, uh, it it remains to be seen because I mean. Even looking back, Jay, I mean, and I'm a Clipper fan, and I'll, I'm just being realistic here. Like, the Clippers have never signed a big free agent in in their entire history. Like, it never happens. So that was kind of another negative that of why would why would Kawhi go to the Clippers? And then obviously as well, coming off the finals, uh, a finals win like rebound said. So it was just really stunning. It was really like kind of like a a crazy thing how it went down for me. So. Jay, I was in Vegas that day. I got to Vegas around like 2, 3 p.m., I think. The Clippers were 20 to 1 odds when I got there to win the finals. And then I went after that to Summer League to watch Zion play. That was a big dud. Zion played nine minutes, injured. He bumped knees with someone. I think he hurt his knee, sat out the rest of the game. I think in the fourth quarter of that game, (laughs) another big earthquake happened. 
the seats were shaking, the scoreboard was shaking. That was a little scary for sure. A lot of people ran out of the building, and then they ended up canceling all the games. And then it was just a crazy scene. And then, and then Kawhi, like only someone like Kawhi fa- in Kawhi fashion could do. A few hours after a crazy earthquake happened in California, announcing that he's signing with the Clippers. <laughs> so, and then even like 15 minutes after after Kawhi, you heard that. Paul George is being traded for all those draft picks. So it, it's just a whirlwind of emotions, and I didn't really know how to react. But it's just, obviously, as a Clipper fan, I'm really happy, and I want to see them in contention. But part of me kind of just wanted to see Kawhi with all those young guys and not Paul George. But it remains to be seen how it'll play out with two superstars. And it's obviously probably better for them, but uh, we'll see what happens. But... What do you see? I mean, do you see, Jay, uh, a Lakers-Clippers conference finals for sure? Or do you think uh, some other teams could get into there? Barring injuries, it's going to be a battle for L.A., man, in the conference finals. If they stay healthy, oh, I could definitely see both of them in the finals. I mean, you got some solid teams in the West. You got the Nuggets, the Blazers, Houston, uh, Utah, Golden State. But, I mean... You know, Kawhi single-handedly is just like, even not the NBA, I felt, because if you went to the Lakers, they're like overwhelming favorites, right? Whoever, whatever, uh, yeah. however they built the roster out. But um, I definitely see it as a battle for L.A., you know. Um, yeah, I mean, do you see that Jack Black video about Kawhi? No, what, what happened? And he just kind of made fun. He's like, oh, you went to the wrong uh, L.A. team. And then he's like, fuck you, Kawhi. <laughs> Joe, jokingly, I thought that was funny, but... Um, you know, it's, it's going to be, uh, it's, I think it's going to be an exciting season, man. Um, yeah, I mean, we we went from a league where it was uh, a league where it was teams built around uh, building super teams to now uh, kind of the duo era. It's uh, a lot of teams just have very good duos, right? I mean, you go with Golden State with Clay and Steph and then Denver with Jamal Murray and uh, Nikola Jokic, obviously a lot younger guys, and then Lillard and McCollum in Portland, now Harden and Westbrook in Houston. Uh, Kawhi and Paul George obviously in the Clippers Davis and LeBron so DeRozan and Aldridge on the Spurs right and then in the East (laughs) you have the same thing pretty much as well on a lot of those teams a lot of those contending teams so it's uh, moving from a super team era to now a super duo era so it's going to be exciting it should be a lot of fun games coming up for sure so I guess I think we've discussed our beloved LA teams uh, enough at this point. Uh, let's c- kind of get into some other more of the major moves uh, in in the West. Uh, obviously, Golden State uh, losing Kevin Durant, uh, so they did a sign and trade for D'Angelo Russell. So, how do you think Golden State season going to play out, uh, Jay? I mean, with Clay sidelined probably till late March. I mean, you know what you're like you said, you know, Clay is late March, but if he comes back, he's not going to be at full strength. Uh, so it might take him a good minute to come back, but then you got Akamadon back to the team, and you got D'Lo as your second option now, right? So I think if Clay comes back, he has to kind of take, D'Lo has to take a step back, but I mean, I still see Golden State making the playoffs, probably like, depending on who they face on it, so it might be like a first or second round exit. Okay. Yeah, I got uh, both LA teams in the conference finals, so as far as they go, I think second round is a top. Um, 
I mean, this might be the one year where, you know, Clippers finally beat Golden State in the playoffs. You know, because they were losing there for a good minute every almost every year, so. They did beat them in 2014, though, but that was before the yeah. the, the Warriors popped, though. So. I think that's when they had uh, Harrison Barnes, though, no? Yeah, yeah, they did have Harrison Barnes, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I could see them around, like, probably, I don't know, six or seven feet, honestly. Yeah, I mean, but... Um, Rebound, we'll pose this question to you. A lot of uh, has been made about Stephen Curry. Uh, we saw him kind of, I guess, kind of with that increased workload in the finals with all the injuries that were piling up for the Warriors. He's going to have to do that for a full season now, obviously without Clay as well. And then obviously the addition of D'Angelo Russell helps a little bit with kind of the attention that's going to be paid to him by opposing defenses. So is this something he can handle from a durability standpoint uh, throughout the course of an entire 82-game season, and can he replicate his 2015-2016 unanimous NBA MVP season like uh, a good number of people think he might? First of all, there's no way in hell he's replicating that 2015-2016 unanimous MVP season. First player ever to get unanimous MVP and then fucking not win finals MVP. How ridiculous is that? He's not carrying this team. He he's just a little boy. He he can't do this. He he can't do it without Clay. And he was just playing great because KD's there, and everyone's worried about what KD's gonna do. He's the second man. Now he's gonna be the number one. His numbers will go up a little bit, but he can't carry the team. And that's the bottom line. And that that was proven in the finals this year. He couldn't carry the team. He couldn't hit a wide open freaking three in game six. The dude, the dude cannot do it. And that's the bottom line. All right, Jay, your thoughts on Curry? How do you see him uh, faring this season? Uh, I agree with uh, Rihanna as well. You know, I don't, I don't, he can't do it by himself, man. He proved it in the finals, but uh, just by himself. I mean, I guess he's not by himself. You know, you still got Draymond there. You got D'Lo there. But, yeah, I don't, I don't really see it happening. I think in the playoffs he kind of proved it, especially in the finals where he tried to do it himself and couldn't really do it. But, you know, I, I mean, he missed a lot of clutch shots. Not a lot of people talk about that, you know. To get on LeBron, the Kobe, for missing clutch shots. But <clears throat> Stephen Curry, I mean, he's missed a ton of clutch shots. You know, some, there were some games like Iguodala bailed them out, but Clay has, you know. So I don't see it happening with, uh, with Curry, man, this year. All right, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a tough uh, road for him. But, I, I mean, like I said, for the Warriors, I see, and I, kind of like you said, Jay, somewhere in the 6th and 7th seed. And then if Clay is able to acclimate himself back in there, I mean, they could be kind of a team that uh, kind of some of the top teams in the West don't want to face in the first round, kind of want to avoid. So that will be kind of an interesting wrinkle to see at the end of the season. But uh, obviously – they're no longer kind of the the dynasty in the NBA, obviously, with losing Duran and all the injuries, that's for sure. And we'll see how, how they're kind of the culture that they built up in the last five seasons, four or five seasons, how that kind of uh, plays for them this season and how how gritty that kind of makes them. But it should be interesting. But with that, we'll move on to kind of some, some of the other teams. A lot of people have been talking about this team as kind of – a dark horse kind of stealth title title contender, the Utah Jazz. I don't really see it. Uh, obviously, they've improved uh, signing Mike Conley and uh, who is Boyan Bogdanovich or yeah, 
So uh, I, I, their starting lineup is definitely better now offensively, obviously, with uh, Conley, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Boyan, Gobert. So what do you think about this team, Jay? Uh, the Jazz, I mean, how do you – they they finished fifth seed last season. Do you see them finishing better this season, or wh- what are your thoughts? Mm, better than fifth? I mean, all right, you got, like – you know, both of the L.A. teams probably going to be in Portland, maybe Houston. So I guess they're probably around the same seed, but I don't see them making any legitimate noise. I mean, yeah, they got a little better with Mike Conley, but I feel like Mike Conley's a little over it. Yeah, he can ball it. Dude, never even been to an all-star, you know? So, I don't see much from them, like, being an impactful team. I don't see it. Yeah, I don't really see it either. I have to agree, but uh, definitely they've been, they've been better offensively. And then, let's, uh, I mean, the big question to me with the Jazz offensively, they've always played this very slow kind of like archaic pace uh that's kind of how they've kind of thrived because they've depended mostly uh, mostly on their defense the last two three seasons so now that they have more offensive weapons we'll see how quinn snyder and and mike conley kind of control the tempo of that that offense what what do you see with the jazz rebound yeah i agree with both z-ball and jay uh they did improve with mike conley and boban and I believe it was either Jeff Green or J. Michael Green. I think it was Jeff Green that they added. All good additions, but uh, I think Donovan Mitchell is very highly overrated. Since after his rookie year, he didn't do much. And I, I see him as another Westbrook kind of player. Uh, g- good individual player, but doesn't make the team better. Rudy Gobert is definitely good. And I just don't see them. I see them finishing fifth or sixth and going out in the first round. Okay, I mean, another guy that Donovan Mitchell, a lot of people have been saying he's similar to is uh, kind of a younger version of Dwayne Wade with a better three-point shot. What do you think about that assessment, Quee? Or Jay, sorry. Um, honestly, I haven't really heard it much uh, in being compared to Wade, but, I mean, like Rehan said, you know, he doesn't really, like, kind of a mold of Westbrook. He doesn't really make much people better. Kind of a one-on-one type of person, so, I mean... Maybe a couple all stars here and there, but I wouldn't say he's like superstar material, you know. Okay, all right. I think I don't really know. There's not much more to say about the Jazz. We'll move on to the Rockets, who, for the past couple seasons, had few golden opportunities to knock off the 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 Warriors dynasty and came very close. And they got rid of uh, Chris Paul, which is one of the worst contracts, and then. To my to my dismay, they acquired a contract that is worse than his. I, I didn't think that was physically possible, Kui, or humanly possible. So, what are your thoughts on kind of the Rockets' offseason, uh, getting uh, the addition of uh, Westbrook, reuniting Westbrook and Harden, and having two of the highest usage guys in possibly NBA history in in the same backcourt? What do you think? How do you think that's going to play out? Yeah, you know, I got to give credit to the GM, Daryl Morey, man. You know, he's a guy that just takes risk. Like, you know, he's a risk taker. He takes, I mean, I give him credit for just taking risks and just putting together these these teams. But you know what? I don't see it happening. I mean, like you said, they're arguably the two highest usage rate players in NBA history, definitely last year. So I'm not really sure how that's going to work out. It's definitely hard in his team. I, I mean, Westbrook shouldn't come in thinking, like, you know, he's, like, alpha. But... 
I just honestly don't. When doesn't Westbrook think he's the alpha? He thought he was the alpha with Kevin Durant, and we saw how that turned out. Yeah, he's only alpha when like no one's there. But even then, like you look at it, you only had PG right last year. Paul George prior to hurting his shoulder, um, he was way better. Yeah, he was a a legitimate MVP candidate at that point, uh, along with Harden and Giannis at that. I mean. Westbrook is most effective with the ball in his hands, but even then, his most effectiveness, I think, is like, you know, he has his stats, in my opinion. Um, you know, he, he's, I mean, I mean, Paul George left him. Kevin Durant left. I think more and more people should realize, like, you know, you just can't win with Westbrook the way he plays the game. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, he can ball. He's an athletic beast. But the style of play is, you know, it's just... He's not going to get you uh, championships, I think. Yeah, I mean, his style of play is reckless, and it's a lot of – it's a lot – very dependent on athleticism. So my kind of worry with Westbrook and then uh, our boy Colin Cowherd has always mentioned this is that he does not have self-awareness. He shoots uh, five three-pointers a game, and he hits at a rate of 28%. And ha- d- does he have the infrastructure here in Houston to kind of develop a shot as he gets later on in his career because – once his athleticism goes, that's fucking it, in my opinion, for him. He's going to be, once he gets to like kind of that 32, 33 mark, the athleticism is going to go. And if he doesn't have a decent shot, then he's going to be done, in my opinion. So what do you think there, that rebound with kind of Westbrook's shot uh, developing throughout the later stages of his career? Well, I'll start off by saying this. Trading Chris Paul was the right move. And getting Westbrook is not... Uh, it's not a better addition, but it's good because his trade value is higher than Chris Paul. No one was going to take Chris Paul at this point. And they just wanted to get rid of it and try something new. As Jay mentioned, Daryl Morey takes a lot of risk. And uh, and I don't, I'm not buying this. I don't think the Rockets are going to work out. I think they're, they're, they're the most highly overrated team before the season starts for several reasons. Uh, I like Jay mentioned. Uh, Westbrook does not have winning teams. The farthest he's went was the finals. That was with Harden, Ibaka, and Durant. Obviously, my bad. And but yeah, and then what? Everyone who's left Westbrook has got has been better. Harden, Ibaka, Durant, Victor Oladipo, and and so forth. I mean, it's just like. I think that I think Harden's numbers are gonna go down, obvious a little bit, and I, I don't know how the ball handling is gonna go. And I forgot what your question was. Just how is he gonna develop kind of a shot later stages of his career? Because once his athleticism is gone, I think he's done, in my opinion. Yeah, he's done. I mean, he's very overrated, in my opinion. Everyone wants to give him credit for the triple double. Okay, there's even videos of him showing. Like the the Thunder player is getting out of the way to, for him to get the rebound, and now uh, James Harden's gonna want that triple double too. So this thing is not gonna work out. I think they're gonna finish like four, f- fifth, or maybe even sixth. So the question to you guys, I guess, is now. I mean, do they win more games, fifty three, than they did, than they did last season, or was the the situation between Chris Paul and James Harden just so bad that they had to move off of Chris Paul? and make this happen? Well, I definitely think with the situation, you know, you got all these rumors like Chris Paul and uh, Harden couldn't get along. I hear Chris Paul's a total diva, but 
Uh, did they win more than 53 games? Uh, I I don't know about that one, man. Yeah, you know, last year Houston uh, started off really slow, but they picked it up. So, but I guess if they can click, yeah, they can win around 50. But I don't see it happening. You know, both players need the ball in their hands. Like, I they're not no spot up shooters. I feel like both of them don't move well without the ball. So, I think it's gonna be a disaster. It should be fun to watch Houston this year, man. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have kind of mentioned that Westbrook is open to playing off the ball, but we haven't seen for it for 11 consecutive seasons, so uh, I'm a, I'll be a wait-and-see kind of type of guy on that. So It's going to be fun to watch them. Obviously, they're still going to have their high-powered offense with Harden kind of distributing to some of their three-point guys, but it's the dynamic between Westbrook and Harden is going to be fun to see, and then also the dynamic between... Uh, Westbrook and Mike D'Antoni, that's something I want to see as well. So I guess with that, uh, we'll move on to some some other teams that were kind of uh, pretty good contenders last season. They went out, they faced off in the in the conference semifinals against each other, the, the Blazers and the Nuggets. So the Nuggets, uh, they they had, who did, who did they sign, Re, uh, Rebound? They had a pretty significant signing, didn't they, or did they not? Don't think so. Okay, they uh, they just brought back their whole their entire team, I think, right? Yeah. Or okay, so the Nuggets uh, with a year of experience, Kui, kind of that kind of semi deep playoff run where their two young stars kind of grew up. How do you kind of see them? Do you see them finishing in second again? What what do you see for them this season? Uh, definitely not second, man. I definitely got the two LA teams finishing first and second, but I mean. They're definitely going to be, I think, in the top five for sure. But you know what? This is a league of stars, man. You don't got stars winning, in my opinion. You know, when's the, when's the last team that didn't have legitimate stars to win? Or what, Detroit Pistons, probably? That's yeah, it's got to be the Pistons, I think. Or may, maybe the Spurs in 2014, because nobody was, like, a legitimate star at that time. Oh, that's true, yeah. But, yeah, they had, I don't know. But, honestly, like, this is a league of stars, in my opinion. They got no stars, so they, could, they play good team ball. No, it would get them by, but again, it's like potential, like second round at most, I think, for this year for them. But definitely no second seed, man. It might be one of those fluke seasons where you know, remember a couple of years ago, yeah, Atlanta won like sixty some odd games with I think that one coach Mike Bolenhauser or whatever. Yeah. But it's gonna be like I think one of those where like they have such high expectations now, and they're not gonna live up to the expectations of last year, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, Jokic obviously is very fun to watch. I think he's kind of a future like MVP, MVP runner-up type. But uh, I think he's got to kind of control his diet as he gets older. I think that guy's, I mean, as he ages and stuff, he's going to have to kind of thin out. and Because uh, obviously, as you get older, it's going to be tougher on his knees, his feet, as a big man to kind of play that the style of pace that he does and kind of the the style of play that he's playing at now with kind of a lot of the facilitating and kind of all the three-point shooting and all that ball handling type stuff. So for him to be successful and kind of have a a durable long-type career, he's going to have to kind of cut down on the weight and watch what he eats and improve his diet, in my opinion. So, yeah, I kind of have to agree with you. Somewhere, Somewhere between three and five for the Denver this season. So... We'll move on to rebound. What do you think for Denver? The mile high. 
I really like this team a lot. I love. I'm a huge fan of Jamal Murray. Jokic is great. Uh, I also like him, but not as big a fan as as Jamal Murray. This this team is good, and then they have Paul Millsap, and this team is gonna be the third seed in my opinion. Definitely the dark horse of the West. I think that they might come out. I mean, I don't know, depending on injury, but this team is definitely one one of the teams to watch. Okay, for sure. Uh, so we'll move on to the team that beat them in the conference semis last season, the Portland Trailblazers. They ended up getting swept by the the Warriors in the conference finals. Uh, what do you see with this team, Kui, with, uh, or Jay, excuse me, with Nurkic coming back healthy, hopefully? Well, we could come back healthy, you know. He was having like a pretty career year before his pretty bad injury. But again, uh, I mean, the West is so stacked, especially coming I mean, LA again. Um, I just don't feel like they can do it. You know, I feel like when they got to the West Conference Finals, they just they had like no more legs. You know, they just kind of laid the dud every single game, especially Lillard. I don't think he didn't really have an impactful game against Golden State. Um. But, you know, it's one of those teams where people count out, but they'll somehow win 50-some-odd games. But I mean, they made a lot farther than I thought they would this year, for sure. But with everyone getting better, in my opinion, in the West, I don't see them. Yeah, I mean, you got I mean, you got a young team in New Orleans. you got a pretty good team in Dallas now, right? And then... I guess Minnesota, I don't think you really have to worry about. And then Sacramento is, uh, showed some signs last season as well. So. Yeah, man, but yeah, I don't see them making, again, like something impact. I don't think they're, they're definitely not going to make it West Conference Finals. Second round at best with them. Okay, so I mean with that, uh, I think we touched on the top dogs in the West or the the most likely finishes the top dogs. Any other teams that kind of excite you in the West rebound? Uh, any like Oklahoma City, San Antonio, anything like that? Nope, nothing else. All right, Jay, what do you, what about you? Anything? Any other teams that you're really excited to watch play, or you think they can kind of make some sort of move, make make some noise? The Phoenix Suns, man, watch out for them. I'm just I'm fucking with you. <laughs> All right, I, I think people have been saying that for like five, four or five seasons, right? Yeah, but uh, you know what? Watch out for the Pelicans, man. I honestly like the Lakers' young group, which basically they just transferred everything there. Um, you know, Drew Holiday can ball as well. Um, I mean, they're they're a young team, but I like their potential. Okay, for sure. Like the dark horse, the playoffs potentially if they can get things clicked. Yeah, they should. They should be a borderline playoff team for sure. I mean, probably up there fighting for that kind of last couple spots with teams like probably Dallas, Sacramento, San Antonio, Oklahoma City, so. Oh, man. That Harrison Barnes contract, oh, my goodness, man. That's why Sacramento doesn't, doesn't win anything, you know? Huh? Your boy, Vlade. <laughs> yeah, because I think he got, like, a, what, three-year, $80 million? Four years, Yeah, uh, something like, four-year, $84 million for Barnes, right, I think? Yeah. All right. I guess with that, we'll move on to the Eastern Conference. So, uh, kind of a lot of uh, 
movement over there as well. Obviously, Kawhi moving to the Western Conference now. Then you have uh, the Celtics losing Kyrie. Uh, Kyrie joining Duran in Brooklyn. So we'll start off, obviously, with the biggest move uh, in the Eastern Conference. It's obviously not going to – we're not going to see this move pay off this season, obviously, because he's going to be injured pretty much the entire – probably the entire season. It's Durant uh, going to Brooklyn. So, what's I all year I think I kind of heard Durant to the Knicks as far as the New York teams, and then kind of the the Brooklyn, kind of the little brother in New York, like we call the Clippers, the little brother in L.A., swooping in at the last moment and picking up Kyrie and Durant. So, what was your kind of your thoughts on that, uh, Jay? I honestly wasn't surprised. You know, throughout the whole season, especially with the Kyrie situation, where in the beginning of the season, he'll say, I'm going to re-sign. Sounds so ecstatic. But every, like, week, it's like he's, you know, he's just talking shit about his uh, teammates. And you hear these little things, you know, he's going to team up with Durant. Um, and you, on the other side as well, you hear Durant's not happy. And he had the whole Draymond Green incident as well that didn't help the situation. And um, I'm not sure you saw a video of them talking during the All-Star game. If people start speculating already, they're going to team up. Honestly, I wasn't surprised at all they were going to team it up. Um, I mean, you're looking at it, you know. Um, it looks like Durant already had, like, one foot out the door. And Kyrie definitely was like, fuck it, I'm not going to stay in Boston with all that BS going on. So I wasn't surprised at all. So, But I don't think Durant's going to come back anywhere near the player he was. Legitimately, when he actually starts playing, like healthy, healthy. He might be like what, thirty-two, thirty-three. Because I think he's thirty right now, right? Oh, uh, he's gonna be thirty-one in September, I believe. So he will be thirty-one in September. He's probably not gonna play this whole year, right? Because of, uh, yeah, I think we can safely rule this season out for Durant. And then he comes back next season. He has to get his legs underneath him. When I just don't see him coming back as like the player he once was, which is pretty sad, man. Because honestly, when he's on his game, he's arguably probably like what top two NBA players when he's on his game. Like, prior to injury in the playoffs, the dude was balling. Yeah. But, um, it was unfortunate, but uh, not surprised that they both signed up together. Um, and, um, yeah, I don't think Durant's going to really go back to the player he once was. Okay, yeah, I mean, Durant was definitely, like, kind of on a top ten all-time trajectory, in my opinion, kind of before the injury. And then, I mean... In my opinion, he didn't get the respect that he deserved. I mean, I think for every second he was on the Warriors, he was the no doubt best player in my mind. A lot of people kind of said it's not his team. Steph Curry's the main guy. He's the alpha. He's the the engine that makes the Warriors run. I, I think that was completely wrong. I think Durant's no doubt the best player. He was, in my opinion, the the the, the main reason that they were able to beat Cleveland the first season was there. I don't think they that's a series they win. If Durant, if Durant, uh, they didn't sign Durant that off season, they probably win that 2018 one with uh, without Durant, but definitely not the first season in 2017 because that that was a very very good historic type Cleveland team. Obviously not as historic as the Warriors, but that was a very good Cleveland team, and I definitely don't didn't see them beating uh, that Cleveland team without Durant, but. It's. Uh, I kind of wish him the best with uh, with the injury recovery, but it's going to be a very tough road. And for him, I mean, he's kind of always had this. 
kind of durability durability issue. I I think that's kind of why it's kind of kind of be tough for him to kind of break that all time scoring record because that was he was kind of a kind of a shoe in kind of be, to begin his career to kind of do that, but then kind of those injuries kind of piled up little little. So the durability has become an issue with him, and it's going to be might be tough for the, for him to catch Kareem or possibly LeBron if LeBron's able to overtake Kareem. But Rivan, what's kind of your opinion on Durant with Brooklyn, and how do you see him kind of fitting in when he does return? My take on Durant is same, exact same as Jay's. I just don't see it from him anymore, and. Uh, I don't. I don't think he's gonna be the same player he w- who once was, and he's. It's good. I don't know how him and Kyrie are gonna pair up together, and I, I. I honestly think it's gonna be a complete disaster for the Nets. Okay, so uh, the Nets. I mean, I wish them the best. They're gonna be fun to watch. I mean, they they got like some young guys around them too, with Levert and Jared Allen. So it's gonna be fun to kind of see how that kind of uh, plays in and then Brooklyn is kind of becoming like kind of a more hipsterish type town more hipsterish vibe so it'll be kind of a fun fun story to see but we're gonna have to wait a full NBA season to kind of see the full fruits of that so we'll move on to kind of the teams that will be more likely contenders so we'll start with Milwaukee obviously they got really close to getting to the finals Uh, they ended up losing to Toronto with uh Kawhi, uh, they lost a 2-0 lead to the Raptors, and they lost four straight. So, what do you what do you see with Milwaukee, Jay? Uh, are they better and or worse than last season? What do you think? Kind of. They lost Brogdon, yeah. That was like the third leading scorer, right behind uh, Giannis and Chris Middleton. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Um, no, nah, I don't think they'll be number one seed again. Like, I don't see them hitting 60. I think 76ers on going to be the number one seed. I think they got a lot better. Um, I mean, we'll see, man. You know, now Giannis, like, coming off an of MVP season, his expectation is now championship or bust. Yeah, expect- I mean, expectation for him. Yeah, championship. He's got to get to that next level. He's kind of kind of where LeBron was in those first, like, season eight, season nine, right? So where LeBron, uh, people didn't really get on LeBron, I think, like, first couple seasons, first six seasons, but then when he, he won his first MVP and they they had, they had were winning 60 games in the regular season, so that kind of uh, expectations, the pressure kind of build up and kind of the, uh, the criticism, the picking and prodding, that's kind of built up. So that's probably what's going to happen with, with Giannis. Uh, we'll see if that does happen, but he's kind of also at a point with, similar to LeBron, to where he, he stylistically has to develop a jump shot, uh, he's not really a very consistent jump shooter, and a lot of people say if he that's something he can develop, that's and then he can become very like unstoppable type player, unguardable. So rebound, how how many more seasons can we expect to kind of see a consistent jump shot from Giannis and kind of where he can get to a point where he's thirty five percent from the three point line. I really don't know. He's a really great player. Uh, but, yeah, that, that jump shot really needs to improve. I'd say after this season. So give him one more season. But the Bucks are a stacked team. and But I still see Philly coming out of the East. 
Okay, let's discuss kind of some uh, stuff with Philly. Obviously, they lost Jimmy Butler. He was kind of like their go-to guy kind of in tough late-game situations last season going down the stretch. And they added Al Horford now. Uh, they gave him a four-year deal, $109 million. And then they also lost J.J. Redick but replaced him with Josh Richardson, which in my opinion is a, an upgrade. I mean, what do we kind of tell the people who don't haven't really seen Josh Richardson play, Jay, that what kind of player he is? Because I, he was the best player on the Heat last season. I honestly haven't seen him much, honestly, so I can't speak much about him. But, I mean, I've heard good things about him. Other than that, I can't say much about Josh Richardson. Okay, yeah, I mean, because I think with with the addition of Richardson, they're going to have what? It's going to be Simmons playing the point. Richardson's going to be kind of that spot-up three-point guy, uh, kind of like uh, I mean he's not as good as Ray Allen obviously but he's going to be like Ray Allen in the in the aspect of coming off the ball and being that tip, prototypical 3 and D type guy and then you're going to have Tobias you, they brought Tobias Harris back 5 year 180 million uh, Simmons got a long term extension and then Embiid obviously at center and then Horford at the 4 so what I think they're going to be tough very tough defensively and I think they're going to challenge the Clippers for one of the best defensive starting to, starting fives in the entire league. So, rebound. What do you kind of see with them? Kind of late game down the stretch uh, when Simmons. Uh, a lot of people are going to kind of take the ball out of his hands. I mean, who's going to be kind of that kind of that ball handler for them now that Butler's gone? Uh, I really don't know. I think Ben Simmons is going to improve a lot. He made a career move by breaking up with Kendall Jenner, so maybe he'll finally develop his shot. And I think uh, he's going to be the one, or it'll be Josh Richardson. Okay, I mean, that'll be fun to see. But I I think another uh, key point is I I don't think people really kind of appreciate uh, Al Horford as, as, I mean, I think he's kind of underrated, uh, but he's still, I mean, by like half the people, he's kind of like underrated, but like half the people kind of appreciate what he brings. I I think he's very good defensively. He's a very good uh, facilitator, ball handler. I think he play makes well. He's obviously a good veteran presence. And then another thing I think is he he can kind of step in when Joel Embiid kind of goes through those kind of stretches where he misses a few games, kind of has like these little knickknack injuries. I think he can kind of step in and. The Sixers won't really miss much in those kind of situations because he's a veteran guy. He knows how to deal with those types of situations, and I think that's kind of going to going to be kind of a, a big thing for them. But going back to Ben Simmons, Jay, I are wh- when do we when's the date we first see him hit a, a three pointer in the NBA? What do you think? It's probably twenty twenty five, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know, man. I mean, we can develop a jump shot, honestly. He, he could be like, you know, future-wise, like top five NBA players. He can develop a jump shot. You know, he's gonna work on his craft. But I mean, you know, without a jump shot, man, he he's exposed. I felt like they exposed a lot of him in the playoffs. You know. Yeah, for I sure. Think, I felt like they're liable on offense, and I think you bring a good point with Jimmy Butler gone. You kind of missed that um, late game uh, clutch shooting and. Um, creating your own shot, which is honestly a big luxury in the NBA, creating your own shot. 
not all NBA players I feel like can create their own shot. But um, I don't know, man. If, if if he can develop a jump shot, it'd be great. I feel like he's like Rajon Rondo esque, you know, just a bigger, faster version of Rajon Rondo. Okay, I mean that's that's not. Uh, I mean, even as c- currently constructed, that's not an entirely bad thing. If he's, uh, I think, seventeen points, eight rebounds, eight assists on whatever, but he definitely does have to become more dynamic offensively. There's no getting around that. He definitely needs to develop a jumper, and hopefully he does so. I wish him all the best. I love watching him play. I watched him play in person, but. We'll we'll see what happens there when he he does start developing a three point shot. I mean, he doesn't even need to hit it like at a thirty percent. He needs to be like like twenty percent or something. And I I think that would even be a big improvement because he he only attempted I think eleven or twelve three pointers last season. He needs to start he needs to start taking more and at least hitting a few of them. He doesn't have to be like a le- legitimate like top top-level type three-point shooter. He just needs to start hitting a few of them and kind of just keep the defense a little bit honest. So, Rebound, what, do you have anything else to add to uh, that? Nope. Okay, so we'll, we'll move on to the... Oh, yeah. At least, at least, at least co- in comparison to Westbrook, he, he knows that he, he sucks at threes and doesn't take them. So, yeah, Josh is just take them just to, to practice in, the, in game or something, man, but... I mean, if he develops a jump shot, man, I think it's going to be uh, tough to beat. Yeah, for sure. But we'll move on to the the Raptors, the defending uh, 2019 NBA champions. Obviously, losing Kawhi was a a big uh, big uh, punch to their stomach for them. But they have uh, Lowry coming back, obviously, and then uh, Siakam, most improved player, and then they're going to have OJ Ananobi off the injury so what do we see for them obviously they're not going to be one of the top two seeds again do, as somewhere between three and six is that realistic for them jay oh man i mean the, the, i feel like the east is so weak i guess you got a shot between three and six but i mean you, you kind of look at it right i mean i think brooklyn i think brooklyn's gonna be better than them i think boston's gonna have a better record than them i mean you lost Kawhi, you know yeah. Two-time Finals MVP, man. Arguably, like, dude, his postseason was just crazy. Um, one for the, one for the books for sure. I mean, you lose a player like that. I mean, I feel like your your next season is gonna go downhill. You know, maybe uh, out of the first round, I think. Depending on where they're at, I guess. But I don't see them being like fit that best. I would say. Okay, and then. And then rebound. Do you have any thoughts on the Raptors, or or do you pretty much agree with that? Uh, I agree with that, but I think they'll be the sixth seed. And I I think losing Kawhi is obviously devastated. But I think the biggest winner off Kawhi leaving is Nick Nurse, because now his job is pretty much safe. He won the championship his first year, and now there's gonna be much lower expectations. And then the team's gonna blow up after this season. So. His job is safe for the next five years, guaranteed. Okay, I mean... And, on note of that, less, that's Drake on uh, TV for sure, man. <laughs> I see a lot of jumping up and down, I guarantee you that. <laughs> that that's definitely uh, better for a lot of people's psyche, for sure. But, uh, I guess, going back to another team you mentioned, the Celtics, uh, 
obviously they lost Kyrie. And uh, how do we kind of see them playing? I mean, I think they're still going to be pretty much kind of around the same. I mean, a lot of people were kind of overreacting kind of with them. I think they're starting five now. It's going to be what? I mean, they obviously signed Kemba. That was the big signing for them. Four-year, $141 million. Kemba coming back to kind of the New England area. He played college ball at Connecticut. Then they signed Cantor at a, a very big bargain, two years, $10 million. But, uh, I mean, they have Smart coming back. Uh, so they're, they're going to have Kemba Smart. It's probably going to be Tatum Brown and then Cantor as well starting there. So what does that kind of get you in the East, uh, Jay? What do you think? 50 wins? You're right, just- uh, possibly. I mean, I could see them at least like 45 plus. You know what? They got 49 last season. I could possibly see them getting 50. You know what? I mean, a lot of it was they were highly talented with Kyrie, Horford, and all that. But you know, the it was a lot of like knees and eyes and Rozier wanted his man to contain them. Kyrie kept calling out everyone. I think with Kimba there and his leadership, he's not known. I didn't hear anything bad about him. Selfishly, like he was a pretty unselfish guy. So. The morale team needs to be so much better with Kimba around leading them, and I think Tatum is going to take like a legit step forward into that All Star type uh, potential All Star role. Because I think he took a step back last season with all the drama they had. But um, I think them being better last year, but as far as like a cohesive unit, I guess you can say. Uh, but um, I mean, second round maybe. I don't see them going to the conference finals with Milwaukee and 76ers being as strong as they are. Okay. I mean, shout out to our boy, Akshay Celtics. Uh, he's probably listening to this. So, with that rebound, what, what hopes do you have for Akshay Celtics in the 2019-2020 season? Uh, Kyrie and Kemba are pretty much the same players, so they evened that out. I think that was a good breakup. Uh, Kyrie wasn't fitting well and the Celtics, as Jay mentioned, and I think Tatum is going to develop more, much better. And obviously, they lost Horford, Marcus Morris, Scary Terry, and they traded away Aaron Baines. Uh, obviously, getting Cantor is a good addition at a bargain. But yeah, this team isn't going farther than the second round. That's, that's the Celtics for you, Akshay. Okay, so going back, I guess, to the the loss of Horford, uh, is it worth it to Philly to play uh, to pay the extra kind of twenty million that uh, over uh, Cantor, I guess, to get Horford? I mean, is what Horford brings with the intangibles, the defense, the the passing that Cantor doesn't really bring? Is that is that worth twenty million? What do you think, Jay? I think so, you know, with his interior defense. But, you know, like you said, the intangibles, man, I think he's like a glue guy. You know, he's like, he, he's like a quiet leader that keeps everyone kind of stable. So I think those are things that are very valuable in the NBA that not enough credit goes to with players that, you know, produce that. So I think it's worth it for Philly. I think, you know, San made a mistake, but, I mean, not San I think Boston made a mistake. But at that point, I guess, even if they brought back Horford, I mean, it's not going to make that big of a difference for Celtics, but for the 76ers, he's kind of like, he's that extra, you know, veteran all-star. I think he's going to produce pretty good results for them. Okay. I guess another team that we should discuss, Indiana, obviously, they finished fifth. Uh, Oladipo missed the, the majority of last season. Hopefully, he's coming back healthy. And then, uh, they, I believe they had another big signing. Who was it? 
Rebound or no? Did uh, I forgot. Okay, but uh, I think expectations should be high for them. I mean, they should be pretty good as well. I think somewhere between three and six as well. Would you Would you say, Jay? I mean, if Victor Oladipo comes back and he's healthy, yeah, I could see him like being up that high. But if he's not, then <laughs> I don't see him like going that high for sure. But well, how, how did the Oladipo hurt himself? You like his knee? I think he tore his ACL. Yeah. I think it was some uh, knee issue, a- ACL or something, or a kneecap or something, I believe. But it was, yeah, it was a knee injury for sure, and he missed kind of the majority of uh, of the season. And then you could definitely see that was kind of what hindered them because they didn't really have a legitimate superstar when they went up against Boston and they ended up getting uh, swept by them. Oh yeah, that's who they they signed. They signed Brogdon from Milwaukee, so I think he's kind of a, a good shooter for them, and he's kind of a guy that. Uh, can play good defense and kind of take a little bit of a load off of Oladipo. So, and then obviously they bring back Miles Turner as well, and then kind of some of their uh, other guys. And they kind of have some continuity there with uh, Nate McMillan. So, they should be a fun team. So to watch. So, but I guess with that uh, rebound, do you have any other teams that kind of intrigue you in the East? What do you uh, think? Nope, not no. in my opinion. The East is trash after those four teams. Okay, what about you, Jay? Trash across the board in the East, man. Okay, but uh, I don't think we can end the night without talking about the <laughs> the New York Knicks, right? Would you guys agree? Yeah, man, you gotta talk about the Knicks, man. Okay, I mean, I, I mean, at, at this point, how how sorry do we feel for Knicks fans? I mean, considering everything that's happened, I mean, just. With them, I mean, they've only had a few seasons sprinkled in for the last twenty or so years where they've made kind of semi deep playoff runs. So how, I mean, at this point, how how do how do we feel for these Knicks fans in 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 Manhattan and the Garden? What what do you think, Rebound? I don't feel shit for them. That, this is what they deserve. Fuck New York. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much agree with that, man. Okay, so you no sympathy at all for the Knicks fans. So I mean. Kind of, I mean, for a small window there, obviously after they missed on everybody, because the entire season all I heard for the Knicks is that uh, Kyrie and uh, Durant are going to be teaming up there, and then there they there might have been a little rumor here and there that they were going to hire uh, Durant's agent, Rich Kleinman, native New Yorker, life lifetime uh, Knicks fan as their GM, and they were kind of kind of turned around, and then. That was kind of the no- the noise you heard all season, and then they end up uh, having their biggest signings being uh, Julius Randle and Bobby Portis, I think. Yeah. So, I like Julius Randle, though, man. I think he's I like his game, man. He puts up big numbers in Pelican. Yeah, I mean he's he's a good. I mean he's a, he's definitely developed into a good player, but uh, after all those expectations, you definitely got to feel for those Knicks fans. Also missing on uh, kind of the the first pick with Zion, so it's definitely kind of a dumpster fire. And then after all those, most of the free agency stuff went down, and we knew that Westbrook was going to get traded. A lot of people kind of mentioned the Knicks, kind of just uh, just because they missed out on everything, kind of going after Westbrook. And in my mind, I could kind of hear Michael Rappaport <laughs> saying, "Don't you fucking do it! Don't you fucking do it, Knicks!" So, I mean, it was kind of a possibility. So, I guess that's kind of the silver lining. They didn't trade for uh, 
Westbrook, and they kind of they kind of are in play now. Now that they've they put up billboards a lot in New York, they did it for LeBron. Uh, accordingly, apparently they, they did it for Zion Durant. So now, uh, at what point do we start seeing Giannis bill twenty twenty one billboards in New York City? What do you think, Jay? They can put all the stuff they want. It ain't happening, man. <laughs> Giannis will not go to New York. I don't see poorly owned, bad organization. I mean, you don't hear anything good about them other than the fact that, like, what I think in the world, are they, like, ranked number one or at least top five, I think, right? Or top ten? Uh, ranked for, 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 for what rankings? For like sport franchises, like uh, revenue. Oh, I mean, yeah, I think valuation-wise, I, I believe the Knicks are number two. I mean, in the world after after the Cowboys, I believe so. Yeah, it's some crazy. I know you got some European soccer up in there, like Real Madrid and Barcelona, but it's crazy. They lose a ton, but value-wise, they're up there, man. Yeah, I mean, the Knicks, considering how bad they've been the last twenty seasons, are still they still sell out season tickets. Tickets are still very expensive. And they're absolutely garbage for the exception of probably two seasons the last 20 years. So, uh, like, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. No, it ain't happening, man. <laughs> it ain't no one. The only way the only thing you can be the gym again is, like, you build through the draft. And mm-hmm. they, like, you know, have a super, uh, an all-star in there. They turn into a superstar. But other than that, what we really sign with them for agent wins. Yeah, I mean... The, their only play is Giannis. I, I think they can play, and that's the only th- way I see that happening is if their young guys kind of R.J. Barrett, Knox, they develop into, like, I guess, all-stars, semi-all-stars at that point, and you kind of see some potential there, but that I don't. we'll see how, th- how that kind of plays out. But definitely a very smart move for not getting Westbrook. I, I thought they were going to be stupid enough just to kind of appease their fans a little bit that they missed on all the other kind of big-time free agents. They ended up with the B, C-grade free agents that they were going to go out and make a try to make a big splash with Westbrook. I'm glad that's kind of the silver lining and at least one positive for Nick fans that they didn't get what Russell Westbrook because that would have been an ultimate disaster, in my opinion. So, so I guess another team I want to discuss is kind of Miami. They were kind of uh, rumored to be uh, another team that might have traded for Westbrook to kind of uh, pair along with uh, Jimmy Butler. That was their big free agency signing. Jimmy Butler, I think, 28, 29 now, going into his uh, kind of the prime of his career, tail end of his prime. So obviously did Pat Riley, Spolstra, all the, their front office brass over there kind of think that I mean, pairing Jimmy Butler and uh, Russell Westbrook, the incremental difference is not really much to the point where it's going to get you to be a contender in the East and kind of just wait for Giannis in 2021. Is that kind of their reasoning, their thinking, Jay? What do you think? I mean, I don't see Giannis going to Miami either, honestly. I mean, I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. I the more puzzling uh, off-season signings that like Jimmy Butler went to Miami from – Potential title contender to like, well, maybe eight seed, not even making the playoffs. So that was pretty, that was interesting from uh, Mr. Jimmy Butler. But as currently constructed, Miami, I mean, they're kind of a borderline playoff team along with like Detroit, Orlando, right? Probably. Maybe Washington. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I guess going back to the Westbrook thing, rebound, do you think trading for Westbrook would have made them like a top three team in the East? 
No, not top three. Probably like top four, top five. Like uh, like I said, Westbrook does not make the team better. He's just a better. Pl- he's a good player, but he's not gonna make the team better. He always normally makes the team worse, and then Jimmy Butler and Russell Westbrook together would be really bad. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's probably something I have to, I have to agree with. I mean, I don't think they would be incrementally much better with the addition of Westbrook. So, in my opinion, it was better to kind of just play it out with with Butler and kind of their young guys. They have a trade chip with Goran Dragic bringing him back and kind of just getting to 2021 because there's no big free agents next next season. So, getting to 2021 and Pat Riley as we've all seen before has done it with LeBron Wade and Bosh. So, no telling that he can't do it again. So, we'll see. Ain't going to Miami. I'm saying that right now. He's not going to the Knicks, and I'm calling it right now. We're gonna listen to this in two years and be like, "Damn, Rehan said it." Giannis is coming to the Lakers, and I'll give you the reasons why. Number one, they have his brother, obviously. Number two, Giannis was very devastated when the kid, the Bucks fired Jason Kidd. That the the Lakers have Jason Kidd on the staff. Giannis is going to be a Laker. Okay. I mean, that's a very bold statement, and I think that's a good uh, ending point for our night. So, Jay, thank you so much for coming on. It's always a pleasure. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Rebound. Likewise, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. I'll be back in probably about a month to discuss all the NFL offseason stuff and to do... NFL uh, predictions for over-under win totals.